By staying home, you can not only protect your health and that of those around you, but ensure that our healthcare professionals and our healthcare systems can focus on those who need their help. Hello and welcome to Corona Movie Club, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Um, so we have a schedule of movies and we're all going to watch them independently in our own socially isolated homes and then three times a week we're going to get together over the internet and talk about them just like your mom's old book club used to do. Um, except now there's nothing old about it because it's all over the internet and we're all social isolating so that we don't help spread the coronavirus around the universe. Um, so we have people from all over North America who are participating and there's going to be different people on each call from the uh, core group. And so every episode, I'm going to come in and introduce the film that we're going to be watching, as well as the names of the people that are going to be on that week's call or that episode's call, because we're going to be doing this three times a week. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. Let's go to the movies. It's something to do. So this episode was probably my favorite surprise of Corona Movie Club so far. Um, when I was initially creating the list of what we were going to watch, um, I had all of the movie club members send me a list of what they knew was on Netflix that they were, would be interested in talking about. And um, one of this one of the people mentioned Ali Ali's wedding. Um, which I never heard of before, uh, but I basically just cross-referenced these lists to make sure that they were available on uh, Canadian Netflix because some of our uh, people are Americans. And, um, you know, read through some descriptions and it pulled out some things that were just going to be really depressing or things I'd seen before that I knew that weren't that good, things like that. But one of the ones that survived that had that was something I'd never heard of before was Ollie's Wedding, um, which is a 2017 Australian rom-com. Um, that sort of like bridges the gap between a sort of Western Australian culture and um, Iraqi, Lebanese, uh, Muslim culture. Um, it's just like a really lovely, it's a true story. Uh, Co-writer slash star Osama Sami um, wrote it about his own life um, and sort of about a tribute to his father and about how he met his wife. And um, it's just a really lovely, it's kind of a little bit absurd. Like it's it's got certainly got some wackiness to it, but it's just a very sweet, lovely little movie that I'd never heard of before. Um, so it's such a lovely, fun discovery um, that I never would have found if it weren't for Corona Movie Club. So uh, whoever it was that recommended it, if you're listening, good job. Um, so on this call is myself, Kelly Bedard, as well as Nicole Falgu, Matt Yipchuk, and Steve Vargo. Uh, so enjoy. As much, and if you haven't seen Ollie's wedding, go check it out because it really is great, and you probably haven't seen it. Because be honest, you haven't seen it. It was such a like nice surprise hidden gem. Yeah. That I really liked. Yeah. And within like the first five minutes, like I think the opening is brilliant. It's just so captivating, and so like it's exposition done right. It's perfect. Like I think everything leading up to the title card is so good. Yeah. Is that the the whole thing about the the tractor, like the sort of flash yeah. forward bit? The thing where he's that, and then like coupled with like these are the three lies that changed my life. Oh right, yeah. And I think it, and it was sort of a precursor for how the whole movie went, where even if you aren't familiar with the culture, as I am not, you like fully understood sort of the effect it had just on people growing up, like as humans and so even though I couldn't relate to like the country or the religion or the culture like within the first five minutes I loved the characters it was like I know and understand and am all of these people and this is going to be a great movie and it was especially the moment where it, if I ever get chased down by a police car of any sort I really, really want them to say over some sort of speaker system that I'm a dickhead. <laughs> that was my, that was the moment I went, I'm going to like this movie. Yeah. Dickhead, stop. I'm like, okay. That moment reminded me so much. I felt like I was watching Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, you know, like that sort of tone. Um, 
where I feel like the cops in that one would have called the people to kids. I don't know if anyone's seen that movie. If you haven't, I'm putting it on the list. So good. It's early take with TT. It's great. Ooh. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think Alex actually suggested this movie um, and is not here. So, um, but no one had seen it before, right? No. No. I'd never no. even heard of it. I just kind of, I looked it up because she had it on her request list. Um, and I, it was, it's the first one we've seen that I would never have seen if it hadn't been like an assignment. Now, admittedly, mm -hmm. I assigned it, but still, it, I never would have watched it, um, which I, I love. I love discovering little things. I'm surprised that it didn't um, make a bigger splash in North America. And I wonder if how big it was. It seemed to be in my Wikipedia fairly big in Australia, um, but it didn't seem to make the jump, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't have high ratings on Netflix either. But um, yeah, I had to search. I, for I it. thought it. I I thought it definitely deserved more than yeah. what it was getting. It's a it's mm -hmm. a decent movie. It is like an independent sort of. It seems like an independent sort of film. Um, the directions vary. There's like there's there's cliches. There's a lot of of that happening, but it's still a very nice film and a good nice story. And and you you open up your eyes to a different culture too. And it's sort of like in a culture that's put into another culture, that sort of is also interesting. Um, yeah. They didn't really touch a lot on the Australian part of it, but. I liked when he said, dad, I'm have to speak Australian because I'm at work. <laughs> that's my favorite. Yeah. yeah, the brother was funny because he was such a, a sort of glimpse into second generation, um, like the difference sort of, and of like how different, if you have a bunch of kids, who are all second generation at the same time, the way that they all deal with it differently and how much they um, adopt of their new culture versus hold on to their old culture. And the fact that there isn't like a one size fits all for everybody. Um, right. I thought he was an interesting character to have in there. Oh, and the sister, she was hilarious. Oh, I love yeah. Ramona. Yes. <laughs> I loved Ramona. And I think a lot of that, it's interesting to see um, you have... <laughs> Ali, and then you have um, his brother Mohammed, who have you know the stereotypically Iraqi names, and then you have Ramona, who men she mentions she's the the one that was born in Australia, and she has more of an Americanized name, but not not enough like Diane, where it's very clearly an English name that her mother would you know look down upon it. But um, I thought that was interesting too, how she almost seems like she's the one that needs to prove herself because she's the Australian born one of the siblings. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was such a lovely little note at the end to come full circle on the, all the pressure had been on Ollie to be the doctor because he was the only option left because he had this one like Mo is sort of just not the guy and um, he was having to like fill his brother's shoes but then through getting to know Diane and that whole story playing out the idea that like oh of course it doesn't have to be me we have Ramona she's an option in a way that in act one she's just never considered as an option right um, even though that's never explicitly stated they don't make a point of being like having a scene with Roman Ramona and Diane or like you inspired me or because of you, I learned that my sister, blah, blah, blah. Like he just hands her the briefcase unspoken, just a little tiny moment, but you have, you can trace that whole through line, which is great. Cool. Right. Yeah. I love, and I'm, I definitely told Kelly this prior to us starting. Um, it actually is based on the actor who plays Ali's life. So I found that to be very, very interesting, down to the Saddam Hussein musical. Like that yeah. was an actual thing that they did. Um, so everything is an homage to his own past. Um, and it came about after his father passed away at 50. So it kind of makes it even more poignant that um, you see the relationship he had with his father and then mm -hmm. find out that the whole thing was basically because he had such an awesome dad all-time great movie dad Fantastic. maybe the best yeah. ever yeah it also awesome. i thought that there was sort of a weird casting choice in the age of them because 
in real life, there's like seven or eight years apart. Um, and it kind of looked that way too. But uh, he was a great actor. Oh, yeah. I really liked him as the yeah. father. I found that with the with the actual guy, I didn't realize when Nicole sent me that message um, that it was Osama Sami's actual life. I didn't know who that was, so I just figured, oh, it must be like the screenwriter wrote about like whatever. And it wasn't until at the end when they showed the photo of him on set and he's like on the set of my movie, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, you played that's what because the whole movie I was thinking they cast an, a main actor who was way too old because the character is supposed to be like twenty three. And right. the guy looked like he was in his 30s, because he is. And um, I found that confusing. And then once I realized it was him, I was like, oh, I see what's going on. It's the same thing as, like, the big sick. He's just too old for the part, but right. might as well give it to him, because why not? It's his life. Exactly. Yeah. No one else is going to do it justice. Yeah. Right. I mean, he co-wrote co the screenplay, too. So I'm pretty sure he had some sort of a say in who got to play him. Yeah, I'm sure he just, yeah, he just wrote it for himself. Yeah, exactly. Which is uh, what you got to do. Apparently. Apparently, I heard an interview once with Judd Apatow where he was talking about his daughters and he said he won't let them become actresses unless they also become writers. That's really like that, nice. That's the house rule is if you can't create your own work, you're not going to do that work. That's a nice sentiment. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a except, smart sentiment, except certainly. Except if you're really bad at writing, but good at acting. <laughs> I mean, sure, sure. But it, I guess it, it, in a comedy, helpful. especially in comedy, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. You have to get the timing right and the wording right. Yeah. Or just befriend a writer. I think that's the real trick is to just have a writer who doesn't act and an actor who doesn't write and just like have them be a little bit of a duo. That's fair. Good. And if you're siblings, then one of you can be one of each. There you go. There you go. Perfect. That's it. We we cracked the code, everybody. Good job. We're going <laughs> home now. Our work here is done. We have fixed everything about <laughs> the film and TV industry. Does anybody have? I feel like there's nothing about this movie. Like it's just such a lovely. Yeah. It was so nice, and that proverb at the end killed me. That was like so insightful, and I'm just gonna like live my life now with the I'm no longer carrying the donkey on my back. Right. That was, was nice so story. beautiful. Yeah. Um, I just love the dad so much. I I liked I mean I like I always liked the dad. He was fantastic throughout. But I, I like how awkward Ali is in the beginning. Um where he asks if she's gonna get milk that night and we're all just oh, yeah. going, Why is he asking her that? Yeah, this that seems was, yeah. a little strange. Mm -hmm. Um, so it start. It didn't even start off with like easing him into the quirky. No, 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 no. It threw him into the quirky, and like put neon signs around him that said, "Y'all, you're going to be dealing with an interesting fellow over here." <laughs> um, yeah. And then when she actually does get it, he knows what her favorite treats are, and it's. I mean, it's uh, it's very clearly the I've been in love with this woman from afar thing, but uh, yeah, but in a fun really awkward way yeah i think the milk the milk line is such an interesting risk for them to take because i do think there are certain audience members who'd be like oh no this guy is uh, like lost yeah. cause what a ridiculously weird thing to say but then like giving us that weird reaction of having no context for it and so it sounds like the weirdest <laughs> pickup line in history and then they give us the context and you're like oh that actually wasn't weird really at all right yeah. um was kind of a fun twist but they did risk i think losing certain people on just being like oh nope this guy's an idiot <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile i was on board which i guess explains my dating choices mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um because he's not articulate when he first speak when we first see him with diane he's very very awkward it kind of takes you know figuring out that oh she's going to be the strong one or the articulate one in this relationship and like fully passing the mantle on to her for him to finally just be himself long enough to stop making an idiot of himself yeah, because it was clear that she liked him, even right in the convenience scene. Oh yeah, he was going along with her with his his deal for the 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 candies or whatever and the gum. Um, all she wanted was a hundred. 
yeah like that's like like that was a great i don't know it's like a great response that she's like she's sort of flirting back in a way in so her she, way i think yeah yeah, oh, yeah just I like no i thought she was kind like of opening being... it up opening it up right. like the possibilities of like being friendly and whatever it is although i could also see it as her being like all right i guess i'll put up with the rambling you're currently doing because this is awkward and i want to leave and I know you don't have a hundred chupa chups just to chill in there. True. Yeah. So I think it was, it was, it's either her being really subtle and like, God bless her for being that subtle because we all know I'm about as subtle as a foghorn. But um, I, I teeter between whether it was actually her flirting and whether it was more of like a, oh, okay. <laughs> It definitely, it definitely got there when he started doing the voice, which his friends told yeah. him not to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's another thing yeah. that was so, like, they did the same thing sort of with the milk and with Saddam Hussein, which is the weirdest <laughs> sentence I've ever said. Um, <laughs> but, like, they didn't tell us why he has a Saddam Hussein impression. Right. Yeah, <laughs> they right. just, like, threw it out there. Like, this guy is the weirdest. But then it does kind of make sense that he has yeah. one. Yeah. Practicing for springtime for Saddam Hussein. Yes. They don't even say why he. They don't even say what the voice is, mm -hmm. unless you're on. Brilliant. Yeah, unless you're on <laughs> subtitles. Yeah. Like I'm that freak who watches them with subtitles. <gasps> Me too. Um, oh, thank God. Yeah. Uh, so when it happened, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I went. This went dark. Um, <laughs> and then you see the the magic, just the true unadulterated beauty <laughs> of the trial of Saddam Hussein the random mosque musical and i don't think i've loved anything more ever. it was pretty special i do like when the chorus of men is just like you lied you lied you yeah. lied because yeah. it like, definitely turned into his mind there right yeah. during the show um, that was very pointed yeah <laughs> i just loved every second of it i said this is this is true beauty <laughs> I really like the the really old guy he had with the he had those oh, three yeah. young wives but also like he gave him like mm -hmm. uh, Viagra yeah. at the wedding and just like he was a very fun he just reminds me of all like old people old, old like, guys that are just, like, yeah also just the yeah the way he cluelessly interrupted all these like big moment of talking yeah. to Diane and he's just like going on and on he has no idea yeah yeah I also like the detail of the what he called the tall one that one of his wives drinking that she had to stop at Nando's and she's drinking the coke <laughs> through her burqa yeah. with the straw. Yeah, I don't know if it's, it's technically a burqa, but you know what I mean. Um, that was pretty funny visual. Which is that's another thing I loved about Unorthodox, the the Netflix miniseries, is all, like all of the pop because coke is kosher, and so wow. there's just a lot of. <laughs> coke like big big like room temperature bottle like two liter bottles of coke everywhere um and i think it's there's such a, something there's something like fun and kind of like commonplace everyday modern life about yeah, that it's like fact. it's like outside of the culture's norms yeah like you're allowed to uh like engage in something or like, like or like our sort of western cultures norms have invaded in a way <laughs> just just coca-cola has like made it in <laughs> i just think yeah. it's funny somehow um any of those like ridiculously modern things that's um, actually one of the things i really liked about this film in general was it doesn't compare cultures it blends them yeah. it'll mm. point out some of the difference uh, differences between the two like being Australian and being Iraqi um, but it doesn't force you to it doesn't force any of those comparisons upon you other it's than um, mm -hmm. a little bit of anti-Lebanese racism right exactly <laughs> I mean I mean yeah there's that um, but, but I feel like that was part of their accurate portrayal of the Iraqi family like he wouldn't have put that in if his mom didn't say that sort of stuff right mm -hmm. yeah um, and I think, for the, I mean, for the most part, that just, it makes it more realistic, but they don't sit there and go, okay, well, this is, this is how it's different from Australia. This is why Australia is less than, this is why Iraq is less than, like, it doesn't go through any of that. You're not forced to, to choose, so to speak, 
And that's what I really, really liked about it is that it's more about the cultures melding and how they've adapted than it is about mm -hmm. comparing the two. Yeah, yeah. And, her, and her like our main characters are, they don't want to like leave the religion or the culture either. They just are trying to work around it. And, and that's what I felt like even uh, like his father even does, like they, they are kind of loose with the rules or they have their own interpretations. And but it's I one like thought thing. So thing. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like they don't want, like they're not against their culture fully. Like they don't want to, like they don't want to be like an atheist or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, but they're just trying to find their way right in the new world and, and and blend the two cultures really which i thought was the beautiful part about the temporary marriage um mm. i was like they get to date now <laughs> oh the, the fish and, and the, chips dowry was so cute <laughs> oh yeah and the, and the gay couple were like we should try that yes. <laughs> i actually loved that moment even more because they weren't it wasn't a nail on the head, I, you know, neon sign moment of, hey, this is a same-sex relationship supporting these two young um, Iraqi Lebanese people in their temporary marriage. Like, neither situation comes off as um, being oversold. And I loved, I just loved the, that small detail that it was a same-sex relationship that did it um to me that was like you could have gotten any people on the side of the platform thank you for making this like yeah making this mm -hmm. about love not making this about what they consider the the quote-unquote right type of relationship i i loved that they took the time and was like it's about love it's not about whether it's a man and a woman or a lebanese woman and an iraqi man it was about that moment so Yay, you guys, for making this film all about love. And I don't know if there's like a point to be made that it was on a, on like the subway platform or <laughs> like if if that means anything. There's, that just feels like a it feels like a romantic comedy like location. Yes, but also like when when they actually get back together and decide to kind of go forward like she's meeting him after he tells her he loves her it's also at a transportation location yeah. so whatever it is me and my search for metaphors uh was like oh it's moving their relationship forward <laughs> oh yeah i was that chick that's entitled. such an english major thing to say <laughs> you know I'm, I'm such a dork sometimes it makes me cringe um, but that was like that was me sitting there going, I wonder if that's why they did that. <laughs> now, the train station, it made me think of before sunrise slash before Aww. sunset. Yeah. And then kind of when my brain went to that place, the relationship kind of reminded me of that too, which made me love the movie even more. Yeah. That's sweet. I love those mm -hmm. movies. Yeah. It was just so nice. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love <laughs> yeah. this. I love this thing. Oh yeah, the the, he's interlocking. Oh, yeah. It's an audio yes. format, but he's interlocking his pinkies. It's very sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do that a couple times. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and just that was like the most beautiful image to end the movie on. I thought before like the photos and the montage, but like the actual narrative proper of the film, just to end with that, was so so nicely done. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I love the scene when that first comes up in the movie theater, <laughs> where like that moment of like sitting next to each other and your fingers just kind of like slowly kind of touching yeah. each other is so exciting and so cute. And like, I yeah. think that's like a really evocative image somehow with while still being like a really truly Especially innocent moment. While it's having all the sweet. couples making yeah. out around them. Yeah, it's so yes. sweet. I love it so much. Well, the other thing is that's the what well, that's one of the moments that it is what we would consider a relatively innocent touch, right? It's just, you know, touching pinkies. Um, but it's one of the moments that they basically take and bastardize into loose Muslim woman. Oh my goodness, he's taking her to aquariums now. And he's very protective of their relationship to the point where he's not telling them, well, yeah, we're married we're okay to do this thing but um the moment where they take that really innocent touch and make it into something negative kind of 
made it a little harder for me to stomach because I was like, they just want to be together, guys. Yeah. yeah. They, well, and, and part of that is about him also being engaged, right? Right. Like, yeah. it's not just, like, pure sort of, like, shame stuff. It's also uh, <laughs> cheating stuff. <laughs> they focus less on that, though. They, I mean, they, they do mention mm-hmm. it, but the big stuff that they mention is, like, they call her, they basically say she's a loose Muslim yeah. woman. And I went, holy crap. They are literally only focusing on what they think she did wrong. And she doesn't know he's engaged either. Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed, uh, that struck me as odd that he didn't then mention that they had had the temporary marriage and like it was okay. Um, but that, the reason he didn't mention it seemed to me to be about the engagement. But it would have protected. I don't know. It would that was that was a little. It's also a weird. Like you can't really do that in that scene. Everybody's riding. Yeah. Right. That, well, that's true. <laughs> At that point, he's also protecting his father because. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all see what happened when they knew that he was lying yeah. about you know about the entrance exam. Um, I love 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 the that scene at the end where the father feels like he's being forced off his office i don't know what the out of of his role and they just love him so much that they call him back i cried Mm -hmm. i definitely (laughs) cried multiple times in this movie and that was so beautiful that was a really great moment i think also that's a pointed thing in the film about the culture um about like letting go of some traditions or um that i think the filmmaker is trying to make in his film um just being like you gotta let some things go we gotta move forward you gotta be progressive that sort of um idea that we can still have our culture and eat it too (laughs) yeah but his i think his father's that scene we first get that then comes back a couple times the the idea of it of like if you say I'm, i divorce you three times but it's only it, like that's the rule but the spirit of the rule <laughs> is more important than the actual rule and so then he sort of fudges it to make it so oh well if it was if it was only one thought then that only counts as one when um someone more by the book would have said nope that counts um so he's yeah. he's he's more interested in giving the people what they actually need and representing the the spirit of the thing as opposed to the letter of the law and i think that's a really um useful perspective that i think goes through the whole film and ultimately his father's approach to such things is kind of the guiding principle of the film because it seems to be a love letter to his father almost as oh, much as it's a love letter to his mm-hmm. wife. <laughs> I think it's I think it's more a love letter to his father than it is to his wife. Very um, possible, yeah. Because especially with the added detail of all of this coming about because his father died at a very, very, very early age. Um, so I absolutely saw it as this moment where he he missed his dad and you know his dad shaped a very major moment of his life and due to that he wanted to create this you know lasting um homage to his dad and that i think speaks a little more loudly at least in my mind than does the uh the back kind of almost background, but not really in some parts, um, relationship between Ali and Diane. So. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Because <laughs> I mean, the the biggest moments, like, yeah, you see him going after, um, going after Diane in, in the large, you know, grand gesture tractor dickhead scene. Um, <laughs> but you also see him make a, what should be considered a grand gesture when he's standing by his dad and he's telling the truth and he's, he's really owning up to everything um, that becomes even more grand. And he stands by his dad when his dad's stepping down, which like Saeed sucks. The guy who's trying to take (laughs) his spot. Screw that guy. What do ever, what does every loser say when they lose? I'm going to start my own club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who's, who's with me? Um, nobody. Those three dudes who left with you. Ta-ta. 
Yeah. Good riddance. Yeah. And the old guy who's like, I'm, I'm, I'm marrying one of his wives. <laughs> <laughs> I loved his, that moment. His uh, daughters. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that moment of like this guy who keeps marrying people has to leave because he's marrying yet another person. Well, it, it could be one of the three that he ha- that he already has. That's accurate. True. Yeah. That is accurate. Um, but I also loved that he said, but I'll be back. But I'll yeah. be back. Um, which is another testament to how great a cleric um, the dad was. Yeah. Um, that even even the people who are going to leave plan to come back. <laughs> yeah. I would say the one of the criticisms I have of the movie is the simplicity of the villains. Like that father-son duo was yeah. a little bit like cartoony. Like, mwah yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have Luai going up to people being, well, going up to Diana. Is, is he in your class? He said yeah. he was in a class with you. It was very clear. Or or he contacted the administrator's office and was like, I just wanted to tell them that you were out of the country. And then they were like, I don't even know that guy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I so thought I he, of, he I knew right away. From, though. Yeah. I thought, I thought that the evil son evil evil uh, student mm-hmm. knew uh knew right away that he was faking it so he was just trying to find the proof i don't know I, if luai knew or he was just so damn jealous that I think it was that too yeah I, that too. I don't know i think he knew i think because he was so acutely aware of sort of the same reason diane figured it out so quickly he was so acute they both of them were so acutely aware of what it actually takes to get mm-hmm the the really good marks whereas the people who've never taken the test maybe could be convinced oh he's just really smart whereas like diane and what that guy's name was laue or whatever why yeah there you go <laughs> um they they knew and they'd seen like oh he's not studying as much as we are and like there you know some things just take or if you know what it takes you know who hasn't done it yeah maybe. i don't know that'd be i mean he we... started learning like ali started learning and he threw off that one line to him at, w- at one point. He's like, do you know what happened to this? And he totally like- The rose is the the Appetite right is A, B, and C. Yeah. 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 But it's not like, A. Yeah, but not A. Not A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he, he is, like if you go to med school for a year, you learn some medicine. Yeah. Um, and he probably, after going to med school for a year, he probably could have done well on the exam. And But it became a matter of he realized what he wanted to do and didn't want to do that he wanted to be famous instead so he right. became a famous screenwriter Australian I mean, um, as so i i have the interesting perspective of like i had to take entrance exams and my little sister had to take entrance entrance exams um and she actually had to do them for medicine um and we have had folks um who kind of say oh i guess i'll do that now because it doesn't seem that difficult. Um, can attest, it sucks. Um, so I also know what it's like to have that experience belittled. Because um, I, I also had a very large exit exam that most people were like, oh, you can hang out. You don't have to study. Like, no, I'll, I'll be taking a test that's three days long and eight hours each Jeez. day. Well, it's the yeah. bar exam that she's talking about. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. go pound Still sand. 24 hours of testing. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's awful. It's absolute hell. Um, <laughs> but so like when people, when people do diminish it, it, it hurts a little more because you pour your heart and your soul. Like you study specifically for that exam for three months, every single day, eight hours a day or more. Um, so I can I get where Lawai is coming from to a certain extent, and I definitely get where Diane's coming from. Um, but I like that her perspective was less of a "you didn't earn this" and more of a "let me help you earn it." Yeah, because they both both of those characters, while they do understand what it takes to do well, they also understand the community they're coming from and the pressure that's on him and the like shame that was launched onto the guy who scored in the sixties. Right. Um, which so I don't know. I think if, if you understand both both of those elements, it, it's hard to be that hard on him. But right. it is also like 
you know, you, you work so hard and then this guy com- comes in and it's like, I scored better than you. Ha ha, <laughs> you dummy. If you worked so hard, you must be really dumb. So I don't know. It, yeah, but, really but certainly his him. father was a little, was a little, I don't know. Mwahaha for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Saeed was Saeed was rough. Yeah. Saeed, I was like, stop rooting for your people to fail. It's your community. You don't do that. Yeah. Like I I know so for those of you who don't know, my little sister um is a very, very beautiful blonde girl. Um, and she is incredibly, incredibly smart. One of the smartest human beings I have ever met in my life. But most people only see the blonde. And for the first year of medical school for her, they would always discount her because she's the pretty blonde girl. Like Izzy. Like Izzy. Very much <laughs> like that. Um, and, and a little bit like Diane. They kind of write her off as, you know, she won't be going to medical school, even though she's top student. We're not going to, we're not going to give her that recognition. And then she ends up tutoring people. Well, it's the same, like my little sister ends up, tutoring half her med school class because she's a top student and it's like stop discounting what people can do um and i liked seeing that a strong female character didn't have any problems with tutoring her partner and that he had no problems accepting that help i loved that Right. But I think some of the stuff, like obviously the stuff in the mosque where they were like, she scored the best score, but they didn't count her as the best student was, you know, some problematic tradition based stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, But what I enjoyed was the perspective that her father character brought to it, Mm -hmm. um, which was also it felt certainly initially very much to be about like, oh, this guy is adhering to these like really misogynistic standards and like all this stuff. But then it, they did a good enough job of keeping him real and human that um, his genuine concern for his daughter and like fear of a culture he doesn't understand, meaning like Australians um, (laughs) was horny Australians. What was that? Yeah. Well, he just doesn't, he's, he's so engulfed in his community that he was so worried that he had this vision in his head of the campus being this like predatory thing and his poor innocent daughter not being able to, and obviously he was like, you know, underestimating her and all, he has some backwards beliefs that are coming from his like cloistered world, but it did come from a, from a kind place of genuine concern. And I think they did a good job. It would have been really easy to villainify him as well. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, didn't they did, just did a good job with him. Yeah. Right. Like the fiance was also like, they did a really great job of yeah. making her smart and kind and pretty and good and not just this like horrible alternate reality that he would have to settle for. Um, she was like a really wonderful person, but it was just it's a matter not, of like, I it's not a meritocracy. So Who you love is not a meritocracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you felt bad for her. <laughs> yeah. During oh, yeah. the ring scene when she was like, how many kids do you want? Oh, it's everything. He just keeps throwing all these horrible things at her. And she's just like, okay. Okay. Even though it felt like she kind of knew that he was kind of full of it, but just humoring him anyway. Yeah. And then just when it finally ended with him saying, I want two kids. She's like, perfect. Just I yeah. I loved her. She had so little screen time, but it was such like a fully realized character that was really lovely. Or even yeah. just the, I think the he, moment he really. Uh, I think he was like in that moment. Um, he realized that he was he was kind of being a little too mean to her, mm-hmm. like almost personal. Like it was almost like attacking her like future. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think he really, at the end of it, he really opened up and be like, you know, I do want, I actually do want two children and like, just open, just being open with her, even if it's not going to work out. Yeah. I loved the moment where he's literally leaving her (laughs) and her reaction is, let him go. Just let him go. Mm. Because she gets it. Yeah. Um, and then his final speech to her was, you deserve to be loved, which was what it really was, right? Like, she, if, if, love was assigned based on merit she would have it but he, he it, it's not because she's not good enough in any way it's just that he loves somebody else and he yeah. like because she's such a wonderful person she deserves to be loved the way that he loves diane and i think that's like a lovely sentiment um they did a great job with that character 
and that scene where he says that too because she's not in the room or like i'm not sure if he knew that she was there she's on the other side of the double the double glass mirror okay. from the mosque so she could see him he couldn't see her but then a janitor told him that like he was waiting there until she got there and so then a janitor said she's here yeah so he knew okay. he was talking i missed that janitor part uh, so i thought he was just saying it and then she came up to it and and we see that she heard that whole thing oh and no then, a jan- like he, he was waiting know. Um, and a janitor although it seemed almost as if he would have had to like set it up with her like tell her to come and then the janitor confirmed that she had in fact come mm-hmm. because otherwise it's like a little too coincidental <laughs> that she, he, there, she would ever be alone in the mosque so i'm open to it <laughs> <laughs> i mean why not i'll believe anything if the movie says this is a true story they can put anything right. in it and i'll be like that's yeah. real yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that I, f- I love that I found out that it was actually a true story. It says so at the beginning of the movie, Nicole. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that <laughs> until it's been a long day. I did not realize that. <laughs> and I was sitting there like, yo, I figured this out. Oh, my God. Yeah, you yeah, sent me a message. You were like, it's a true story. I'm like, I know. They oh, said no, it at the beginning. They said it at the end. <laughs> Oh no, that was in earnest though, because I like flat out thought that I had done like crazy internet sleuthing. Oh, that's so cute. this is this is the part of Corona that we have reached is the part where I'm just like obscenely optimistic about my internet sleuthing. That's fine. You have your wins, okay? You take them where you can get them. I'm like, yes. But at least I don't know. I think I think finding out after the fact made me even happier. Then well, I definitely didn't know that the actor was the guy. I knew there was somebody's story. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know it was the actor. Yeah, that so that was good yeah. to not know. That was kind of satisfying. I liked knowing what one of the things that tickled you was via your uh, Instagram story today. The interrogation scene. Oh, yeah, because I love making fun of Americans because y'all are dumb. I know you do. Yeah, it was great. I I enjoyed that very much. And I totally buy that happening. Um, It was, I mean, it's like a horrifying thing to have happened. The way they framed it in a way that was just like, these Americans are truly absurd. Um, Made me laugh. We've watched Argo. We know. Oh, yeah. We know know what's happening. And that was actually a thing that um, Osama Sami said was that that scene, even though it's only a blip in the greater part of the movie, that was like a 26 hour interrogation. So it was like, just, just think about that and how privileged we are <laughs> that we are not subjected to things like that. Because I would be a basket case. I mean, even to be completely honest with you, Nicole, even just like you having your American passport makes yeah. a difference. Cause like I have some stories from the America crossing the American border that are not really. Yeah. And I am a white girl. Right. Like I am like, <laughs> I have the least, you know, like pe- everyone else has worse stories than me, but because you, your American passport, you know, like it, it's, it's just a, it's a ridiculous. It's a level uh, of privilege. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is a level of privilege yeah. because even, even down to, um, <laughs> this one, this is going to sound ridiculous. So when I was 14, I wore a back brace for a while. Um, and it was always hidden under my clothing, but mm. parts of it were metal. So if I went through a metal detector, I would set it off. And if that was anyone else who perhaps didn't have an American passport or was a person of color, uh, that probably would have raised some alarms <laughs> that, mm. okay, we need to put this one in the double check line. <laughs> um, but instead, I basically just was able to knock on my torso and joke around a little bit. And TSA was like, okay, we're good now. But, wow. Yeah. That's, that's actually, su- I find it surprising even just for, because I watch a lot of those, um, the border security crossing shows which is mm-hmm. which are cool. so fun that's so cool they're so interesting but like people people tape people tape drugs and money that they're not claiming around themselves around their bodies so they actually if they suspect that you have something they will bring you to the back and look at look at what you're wearing 
So, I mean, it's all, they're all about truth, like telling the truth and being truthful. So if oh, you yeah. tell them right away, then they'll give you a less penalty, that sort of thing. But I mean, in fairness, this was also approximately 16 years ago. Okay. So yeah. they, they've become a little more strict over time. Uh, but I, I always remember that moment where I just like knocked on my stomach and they're looking at me like this 14 year old girl is beeping and I'm like please don't make me raise my shirt to show you that I'm wearing a back brace like Mm. it's already Mm. mortifying for a teenager to be wearing without me having to show it to the airport um so I can't even imagine what it would be like if I didn't have an American passport or if I was a person of color well, yeah. and because we were following Ollie's story, this didn't actually come up, but some of the other people traveling with him wear turbans. And that would have been mm. a whole, like a whole affair where they would have, like, there's all these really horrifying stories about airport security and people being made to take off their turbans in public and right. all that kind of stuff. Like, just there's some horrifying stories. And like, this was like a funny light scene where, because it was, um, it's, it's, kind of annoyingly rare to get a, a movie that is exploring two different cultures, but neither of them is American, um, that because they, they had that distance, they were able to have the, a little bit of a small commentary on a culture that everyone knows really well, but not, no one in the movie was actually participating and a participant in, and so they were able to sort of poke a little bit of fun. Of course, it's very dangerous to poke fun at Americans, but like, you know, a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed it quite a bit as a Canadian. This is why the movie well, is American not popular. It. Maybe oh. it is why it's not popular. <laughs> I I wonder that because so like for example, I have spoken quite extensively to Brits about Hamilton because I'm fascinated by mm. the treatment of the British in Hamilton. It's like they're just blatantly being made fun of, and um, I my assumption was that when it opened on the West End, it wouldn't do as well as it was expected to because the Brits would just be like, why? Why? Like, this is petty and stupid. Um, but then my, my British friend was telling me, he's like, yeah, except that we don't fucking care. Like, they're <laughs> so into their revolution and we're just like over it. Like, it's not an important part of our history. They can do whatever they want. Like, make fun of us. It's fine. And if the roles were reversed, Hamilton would have closed oh, in a yeah. week oh, if it uh, would yeah. like made fun of Americans the way that it makes fun of the Brits. So so maybe that is why this movie is not popular in North America. It could be. But I also think that Americans wouldn't really necessarily realize that they're like being made fun of. Oh, well, I don't know. It's not that you're stupid. It's just that you're sensitive. <laughs> are, you, are you sure? Yeah. I mean, there I mean, are stupid Americans, but there are stupid everybody's. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're stupid. It could just be that they're a little bit dense. Well, okay, I'm going to let you make that claim as, by sheer coincidence, the only American on the call. I was about um, to ask, I, I knew Matt was not, yeah. because you were just talking about Stratford, but yeah. I did not know if Steve was. Yeah, no, you're alone. I'm yeah. A Canadian. Oh, no, yeah, I'm, I'm Toronto. Yeah. Well, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> the lone American. <laughs>
they don't really sense anyone making fun of anyone in that scene is just that's how it is right. they're not trying to mm -hmm. get another culture um so it's more like yeah of course we don't know what the bombers are because <laughs> we we don't necessarily care about australia <laughs> or like yeah. things of that nature mm -hmm. there's that and there's also just like a, a intense self-seriousness where um like because Ollie is very lighthearted in that scene because they yeah. specifically played it like they wanted it to be funny. Whereas there's a world of, I mean, there's like many, many possibilities of playing that scene where it's just terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, it, but he's quite lighthearted about it. And he's, he laughs when he realizes it's the football team. And um, like, he's trying, he's talking about the play. And he's like, it's a play. It's so silly. <laughs> and the Americans just like, no this is very very serious like how dare you mock the blah 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 right and like it's that kind of attitude like a cartoony scene yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. but it's the self-seriousness that makes it worse and worse because if someone's really serious about something and you're taking it lightly they're gonna get so mad oh yeah <laughs> yeah and it, that it just spirals out of control yeah but it's a, it was a fun little scene i enjoyed adding that to the <laughs> to the delight of this really lovely lovely movie which was just great all-time great dad lovely little romance just what a nice i'm so happy i watched this yeah i, I was Agreed. very i was a little skeptical at first um to but not 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 because i didn't want to watch it but because i was like what is this going to be about and i expected from the title for it to be solely about this arranged marriage and him wanting to leave it for Diane, but I didn't realize it was gonna going to kind of be almost an afterthought to the the love letter to his dad, um, and that I think made it even stronger. I probably would have watched it because it had the word wedding in the title. Um, <laughs> let's be honest, I know me. I would have thought, ooh, romantic comedy, and then gone and watched it. Um, but I didn't expect to love it as much as I did, and I think a lot of that is because the wedding is more of an afterthought. Yeah, it's not really about Ali's wedding at all. Not yeah. even a little bit. It's yeah. more it's like Ali's dad. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. All right. Does anybody else have any final thoughts on Ali's wedding? I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, very nice. Pretty much. Nice film. Thank yeah. you, Alex. Thank yeah, you. I think it was her. What if I'm giving her all the credit and it was like Laura all along? That would be too bad. <laughs> I don't remember Sorry whoever suggested this, you. it wasn't Alex. <laughs> um <laughs> anyway all right i will see you guys on monday i don't remember what we're watching oh, is hopefully. it citizen kane day oh maybe yeah, it is yes, citizen it, kane no day. it's eighth grade oh yeah it's eighth oh, grade first that's, citizen kane that's a great is wednesday that's another great nice. all-time film dad uh the eighth grade dad is awesome so <laughs> said it, i haven't one, seen eighth grade i also highly suggest if you haven't seen them yet go on netflix and watch bo burnham's comedy specials oh my god because um, he wrote and directed eighth grade and an understanding of Bo Burnham I do think makes sort of enriches the eighth before, grade so. experience because love is taking that dive and getting really comfortable and peeing in the pool and okay I'm calling it I'm calling it all right bye guys have a great bye. weekend bye bye, bye.